You coming to bed, hon? Yep, honey, I'll be right there. Just gotta turn out the light. Ow! Ow! Some things never change, like your kids always leaving tiny toys on the floor for you to step on, and Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Sweetie, I think I left the downstairs light on. Please don't make me go. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Hey, everyone. How you doing? Glenn Blakeney here of Awake Nations Ministries. Thank you for tuning in to this live stream. I am excited to just take a little bit of time tonight. I want to talk to you about the new normal in church, the new normal. And I really believe we are in an unprecedented time. God is doing something phenomenal around the world. It's frightening. It's scary, especially for those who love routine and kind of like things the way they used to be. But uh, let me tell you, the Lord is moving powerfully. He has a plan. He has a strategy. And uh, he just needs us to comply with what he's doing and to come into alignment with his kingdom purpose in this season. Well, you know, one of the phenomenons that's happening in the world right now as a direct result of the pandemic is um, people have disconnected from you know, gatherings, in-person gatherings, and still in many places in the world. It's not happening or it's happening in very small numbers. But um, one of the things that I'm seeing is that during this time where people have not been gathering regularly, there are many people, not everyone, but there are many people that really have no <laughs> strong desire to go back to church the way it was. In other words, and let me define that because I, I don't want to come across negative or critical. I love the church. I love the corporate gathering, you know, preaching, teaching, worshiping God together. That's probably the thing I miss the most is just the, the energy, the presence, the anointing that comes as we worship God together. But saying all that, those are the positive things. Those are the attributes that are certainly worth preserving and maintaining and, and contending for but we recognize there's still many elements that have been missing in church that really have become, basically we've been doing things more by tradition than we've been doing it by the scripture. So when I talk about the new normal in church, I'm just saying that we need to get back to the basics, the foundations of the New Testament. Because when you read the book of Acts, and I wanna encourage you, if you have not been reading the book of Acts recently, uh, go ahead and do it. Just start reading it and, and look at how exciting it was during those days. It was not easy at times to be a believer, but it certainly was not boring. And uh, God was moving powerfully. Miracles were happening. Yes, there was persecution. There was hardship. But ultimately, the kingdom of God was advancing on the earth. So I want to talk to you about the concept uh, and, and really the construct of what I call kingdom communities. Some of you who've been following my teachings in recent times, you know I use the um, the verbiage apostolic centers. And I just want to define that because when we talk about an apostolic center, immediately many people's brains seem to focus on a building, you know, on a place, on a venue, in a gathering. 
But really, that's not what I'm espousing. What I'm espousing really is what I call kingdom communities, or you could call them apostolic communities. It's a gathering of God's people. It's a community of God's people, the family, so to speak. It's sometimes we can we use the metaphor, an army, a family, whatever it may be. But it is the gathering of God's people coming together to experience the Lord in his goodness, his presence, his power to minister to one another, to commune with one another, to love one another, and ultimately to be sharpened by one another. And then as they disperse and they go about their jobs, their their daily routines, they go forth with a sense of mission and purpose, that my purpose, that my calling and my destiny, my assignment is, is a kingdom assignment. It's from God, whether you're working at a Fortune 500 company, you're a dentist, you're a, a lawyer, a school teacher, or whatever, you may be a fireman or you know a pastor or what, a missionary, whatever it is that you recognize that you have an assignment from heaven, a calling from God. And so when we talk about that, we really need to understand that the church, what we've called the church, which of course in the Greek is ekklesia. And I, if you've not heard my teaching on ekklesia, I encourage you to go to my YouTube channel and listen to that. You should be able to see it also on my Facebook page. But, you know, the, the church of God really needs to get back to two things. There are at least two missing elements that I really want to advocate for the restoration of. And, and the first one is the gospel of the kingdom. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 14, when the gospel of the kingdom is preached throughout the world to all the nations, then the end will come. So it's the gospel of the kingdom. You know, there's still a lot of nations. The, the Greek term is ethne. Ethne literally speaks of ethnic groups. And there's over 17,000 distinct ethnic groups in the world today. About 7,000 of those ethnic groups are considered unreached people groups, which means that they have less than 2% of the population is evangelical Christian. So there's a lot of work to be done. But when you recognize that it's the gospel of the kingdom that Jesus said must be preached, will be preached as a witness to the nations, then we think, you know what? That makes matters even worse. It compounds the situation because in many places today, we have an, we have an inept gospel. We have uh, an, an anemic gospel that is not the full gospel of Jesus Christ. It's a gospel maybe that talks about, you know, going to heaven, having your sins forgiven, but it does not espouse the fullness of the kingdom that Jesus taught about and Jesus actually manifested and demonstrated on the earth when he uh, walked the soil of, of Judea back 2,000 plus years ago. The gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. The second thing that we need to see restored to the church is what is called the Great Commission. We, we call it that, but I'm referring specifically to Jesus' words in Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. He said, all authority in heaven and on earth is mine. Now that's powerful right there. So he's saying not only authority in the heavens, 
but on the earth. So everything on the earth, okay, belongs to him. Everything. He's been given authority over all things in the heavenly realms and, and as well as on the earth. And he says, so go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. So we call this the Great Commission. And the gist of the Great Commission, if you study it in the original language, is to make disciples of nations, of the nations, of, as I said, the the ethna, the ethnic groups. Now, that's different cultures, but you know, there's there's different subcultures, and we can even say the subcultures also need to to be um, made decide. They need to be discipled as well. So we need to shift into the gospel of the kingdom and making disciples. So it's not about the size of our gatherings but it's the depth of our disciples. Disciples preaching the kingdom gospel, the king's dominion, the rule and reign of Jesus Christ over our lives. And then as we continue to take this gospel forward, we begin to see his absolute supremacy and sovereignty over sickness, over disease, over poverty, over, over um, demonic attacks and, and oppression and all of the things that are happening here on the earth right now and in people's lives. So we need to focus as a, as a kingdom community on making sure that we are actually preaching what Jesus preached, demonstrating the kingdom of God, the good news or the gospel of the kingdom of God, and that we are making disciples. The king, kingdom communities... Uh, and again, I'm, I'm not averse to the word church. I don't have anything against the word church. But again, let's not think about building. Let's not even think necessarily about even the gathering, just simply the gathering, because that word in the New Testament, ecclesia, means so much more than that. But the people of God, we're called to be a habitation of his presence on the earth. You know, I encourage you, read Ephesians, read Ephesians, particularly chapter 1, chapter three, where it talks about how we are called to be the, the habitation of God, chapter two as well. And that in that place where God inhabits our praises and we are in him and he is in us, the fullness of his glory, the fullness of his power, the fullness of him is he is manifested to, to the people of the earth through his church today. We're also called to be a family of faith. You know, so many people today, need uh, family, their authentic communities, healthy relationships are missing. We so desperately need to model this. And, and often, you know, we've, we burn bridges uh, and we've not been good at that. And, and this is a shameful thing because we're called to love people. We're called to honor people. And, and so we need to make sure that we are, we are literally espousing, you know, a, a family a faith paradigm so that people can understand that we're called also to be a house of prayer for the nations. Guys, we need to get back to prayer. We need to be able to really pray and see things shift. We need to see the glory of God. We need to see principalities and powers bound on the earth. We need to move into that place where we once again see the kingdom of God come forth in glory and in power. 
we need to see miracles. We we need to pray, even as the word of God goes forth, that it would run swiftly, that it would have free course, as Paul told us to pray in 2 Thessalonians 3. We can minister, we can preach, we can do all sorts of things, but without prayer, without that power and that anointing, guys, we are going to go only so far. We desperately need a breaker anointing, and that's only going to come as a result of prayer. And Jesus often withdrew into the wilderness to pray, is what it says in Luke 5.16. That was the secret of his anointing and his power, his communion with his Father. And it wasn't just his prayer time. I know that. But it was certainly involved his prayer time. He spent time in prayer. He spent entire nights in prayer. And we need to understand what that is. So these are some things you should really consider teaching and, and implementing as essential elements in if you're a pastor, if you're a leader, if you run a small group, these are important elements. Uh, just a few more things. The, the, the church, the kingdom community focuses on being a training center as well, equipping the saints according to Ephesians 4, right? Verse number 12. And so it's all about discipleship again, equipping people to to walk in their purpose, their calling, their gifts, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. But we also need to reveal the Father's heart. So many people need to know the Father's heart today, know their sons and daughters that are loved by a good Father. Um, we also need to advocate for encounters with God. We need to see the power of the Holy Spirit restored so that His presence and power uh, is made real to people today. The gifts of the Spirit are in operation. Heaven is coming to earth. The kingdom is advancing in the Spirit's power with miracles, signs, and wonders. Oh, how we need this. And I am contending for that. And I've been seeing God do amazing miracles in recent times. And I'm contending for that great anointing, you know, the anointing that Catherine Kuhlman walked in, the anointing. I want Jesus anointing, right? He's the He's a Christos. He's the, the anointed one. And and I want what he has, which, of course, is what um, he gave to the church. And Catherine Kuhlman walked in that. I'm not looking for Catherine Kuhlman's anointing. I want Jesus' anointing because the anointing Catherine had was Jesus' anointing. But I want to walk in it to the fullness of, of what she did and even beyond that. You know, what Peter did, what Paul did. Aren't you hungry for that? Aren't you desiring to see miracles Again, to see people that are bound up, set free, people that are addicted to drugs, delivered and healed. You know, this is such a powerful thing. We need healing and deliverance today. The gospel is powerful. Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation for everyone that believes. Now, listen, when he says it, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation, the Greek word is soteria. Soteria in the verb form is sozo, and it's translated save, heal, rescue, make whole, deliver. It's used of, of a demonized man in Luke chapter 8, verse 36. It's used in, in um, Paul's writings uh, when he talks about, about um, people being forgiven, people being healed. It's used in Jesus' ministry of the sick being healed, James chapter five, verse 16, sozo, you know, people, even in James chapter one, verse 21, sozo is used of the healing of the mind or the psyche. And it talks about the implanted word, which is able to save or sozo your soul, your psyche, so to speak, is what the meaning of the Greek is. So, so the power of God 
is in the gospel and it's the power unto salvation. It's the power unto healing. It's the power unto deliverance. It's the power unto wholeness. It's the power into forgiveness and freedom. In fact, the word soteria can be translated to be free from the harassment of an enemy, freedom from the harassment of an enemy. Read Luke chapter one, verse 71 through 76, 75 it is, when it talks about when the Messiah comes, he would deliver us from the hand of our enemies that we might serve him without fear and holiness and righteousness all the days of our lives and freedom. And that's what we are called to walk in, absolute freedom. This is the gospel unto salvation. So we need to see healing and deliverance restored. We need to become a training center, an equipping center that raises up people so they know how to minister and set the captives free. And of course, we need to be free and we need to be walking in that before we can really cause see others. We need to make disciples. And let me just talk about a little bit about discipleship again, because you know I touched on this earlier. Really, the outcome of effective discipleship is seeing believers conform to the very image and nature of Jesus Christ. People conform to the very image and nature of Jesus Christ. You know, that's what it says in Romans 8, 29. And then we read in Luke 6, 40, that the student is not above the teacher, but when the student has been perfectly trained, which is the Greek word, kartotizmos, so, which, which is the same word translated equip in Ephesians 4, 12. When someone is fully trained, they will be like their teacher. So discipleship is seeing people become like Jesus Christ. First John 2, 6 says we should walk like he walked on the earth. You know, John 14, 12, the works that he did, we are to do and even greater works because he went to the Father. So discipleship isn't sitting down and going through a Bible study course, you know, or a curriculum and saying, oh, I've been discipled because now I know how to, I, I know how to pray. I, I know how to tithe or, you know, or, or all these things, or I go to church, guys. That certainly, those things are, are good, but I'm saying, guys, it's so much more than that. It's about becoming like Jesus. He wants to raise up sons and daughters bringing many sons to glory, raising up children that walk in the power, that shake the powers of hell, that move in authority and bring the kingdom of God to the earth, seeing people's lives set free. Long ago, God designed a plan and a purpose for your life, and it's his desire that you live out that purpose. He wants to empower you to fulfill your destiny. And so apostolic centers and communities, kingdom communities are places where, where the body of Christ and, and fivefold ministry is actually pouring into others. So through this place of teaching and training and equipping and even the very atmosphere that you're in, there is a release, there is a, an impartation, there's a, a transfer of, of anointing and grace that causes you to, to shift and to grow and uh, discover and develop and discharge God's calling, his purpose, the gifts that he has for your life. And then ultimately, we need to be a sending center. We need to be a sending center. You know, we put so much money into having a weekend gathering. You know, our buildings, the multi-million dollar buildings where we gather 
people and we preach to them and and we you know we encourage people and we tell them they can overcome and 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 we and there's nothing wrong with that stuff again but listen guys you cannot disciple a crowd you cannot disciple a crowd we got to break it down we got to focus on doing it the way Jesus did he met he preached to the multitude that's fine but he spent the most uh, the bigger part of his time, you know, he budgeted his time in such a way that he used most of it with the 12, raising up disciples. And yet most of our time, our money, our money, our energy goes into this weekend service, you know, the events that we do rather than in discipling people. We are called to raise people up so we can send them out. Send them out. Jesus said the harvest is great, but the the workers are few. So to pray that the Lord of the harvest would send out, the Greek word ekbalo, it means to forcefully send out. He would send out more workers into his harvest field. We are to equip and release all of God's people into their kingdom assignment and to help them make disciples, whether it's in the marketplace you know, whether it's on the mission field, whether it, it's in the home, but all of God's people have a sphere of influence. You have a metron where you are called to serve and to make disciples. And God wants to raise you up and equip you. And it is our job. The church is called, the kingdom community is called to help these people to recognize that their ministry is perhaps in the marketplace. And maybe as a teacher, you know, it's like, well, I'm not in the ministry. We know this stuff. This is so basic, guys. We shouldn't even have to talk about this or have these conversations. But the truth is many churches, they're just waiting for the pandemic to be over with, to be, you know, so we can go back to having our big gatherings on the weekend. And I, again, I am not against that. I love preaching to the multitudes. There's something powerful. The corporate gathering is, is amazing. The presence of God worshiping together. There's, there's nothing that replaces that, but we can't stop there. That's not the end all. It's just the means to an end. We need to make disciples. We need to equip people and we need to send out people. We need to apostello them. We need to ekbalo them. We need to see them go forth. And then we also need relationally connected networks today. Wow. Let me talk about this because this is a major piece that is missing. You know, we have churches that are part of denominations and there are relationships uh, there, and, and that's good. But often it's all about position. It's titular authority. It's positional authority. You know, I'm the bishop. I'm the overseer. I'm the superintendent or whatever. And and there's no kingdom connection. But So we need to see these relational networks, once again, where we see true apostles having these relational networks where sons and daughters and, and brothers and sisters, you know, cause not everybody is your spiritual son or your daughter, if you're an apostle. And, and yet what happens is we need these networks so that we can um, connect, we can resource and we can collaborate uh, with churches, ministries, ministers, marketplace ministers. So we can be salt and light. We can, we can see the gospel advance and we can see the kingdom 
um, bring change on the earth. And so these are very important things, being connected relationally, because we know one could put a thousand to flight, two, ten thousand. If we will connect, if we will come together with the right people, with the people that have a kingdom mindset, with the people that have pure hearts and then understand what Jesus has designed the church to do, what the mission of the church is and what the gospel of the kingdom consists of, then we are able to see something new happen on the earth. And I believe we're living in a time where God is dismantling and God is resetting, he's recalibrating, he's retrofitting the church, so to speak, so that we go back to our apostolic foundations. And guys, it's not about positions, it's not about titles, it's not about saying, well, okay, now I'm an apostle. No, God wants to raise up an apostolic people. God wants to raise up a people that know that they are called, that they are equipped, and that they will step into the fullness of their identity as a son and daughter. They will walk in intimacy with their father. Remember, Jesus said eternal life is intimacy. John 17, 3, he said, this is eternal life. He was praying to his father that they might know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ, whom you've sent. The word know there is genosko in Greek. The Hebrew equivalent is yana. And genosko means to know personally, to know experientially, and to know in the most intimate way. This is eternal life, that they may know you intimately, personally, that they may have an experience, an encounter with you, that they may have a relationship with you. That's eternal life. That's what God is wanting the church to step into. That's what he's called the world to experience. And we need to emulate that. We need to live that out so they can see it in us. Hearing his voice knowing what he's called us to do, walking in his way, releasing words of wisdom, words of knowledge, prophetic utterances, guidance, being led by the spirit. And as we do that, we are going to see powerful things happen on the earth. Guys, let's not go back to the old. Let's not go back to the old where we show up and we just sit there. We get a good word. It's okay. But then we, you know, we get encouraged. No, will you make a commitment to the Lord that I am going to uh, engage myself in a discipleship process? I want to be equipped. I want to be trained. I want to go with the Lord in that deep place through my personal relationship with him where he begins to really conform me to his image and likeness so I can make a difference and represent him on the earth. I can represent him on the earth. Will you do that? And if you're a leader in the body of Christ, whether you're a pastor or small group leader, or you know, you're an apostle over a network, whatever it may be, will you commit yourself to equipping, to equipping, to discipling, to raising up people that know their God, walk in the fullness of the power of Jesus Christ, and release them and send them out into their sphere of influence into their kingdom metron so they can do what God has called them to do. I just want to leave you with those words. And please, I encourage you, if this message has, has been a blessing to you, if it's, if it's uh, provoking you and challenging you, would you consider, would you consider praying into this, you know, beginning to, to dig deeper, you know, double click on it, 
dig deeper, you know, dive deep, do whatever you have to do to start to move into the deeper things of God in this season. This is the message of the gospel of the kingdom. This is the way Jesus lived and operated when he was on the earth. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. Glenn Blakeney here, Awake Nations Ministries. Sign up for my email list. I send out a lot of teachings and and free resources, awakenations.org. Just go there and enter your email address if you're interested. Um, If you're interested in our kingdom learning community or kingdom discipleship community, we meet on Zoom about once a month, sometimes more often. And we teach on these topics. We have discussion. We have people from literally all over the world, leaders from all over the world. It's an awesome time together. If you would like to sow into our ministry to help us continue to develop resources as well as um, training leaders, we're working with leaders in some places in the underground and we're in the 1040 window, unreached people groups. Help us. Please consider helping us. You know, once the borders open up, you may want to go on a trip sometime as well. But go to our website, awakenations.org, and you can go to forward slash donate to give a donation to become a monthly partner. So awakenations.org forward slash donate. Look forward to connecting with you guys. If I can help you in any way. Um, please feel free to reach out to me. Just message me on Facebook. Bless you guys. Have a great day, great evening, wherever you are in the world. Kingdom blessings. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.